Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay, we're live. Hi, Christian. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Jason. Thanks for asking me. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation. And, and I noticed that I always say that at the start of podcasts, but it's, it's genuinely like that. I'm always looking forward to them because they're all subjects that, have, um, that are interesting to me. And today's subject is misunderstandings of recovery. Um, yeah. And, and I'm you're really curious to hear what you, you know, what we've got, what, where this conversation is going to go and, you know, what we're going to talk about. Because I, I, I feel that in my own life there was... Um, my 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 own misunderstandings you know of recovery not the not that were given to me you know for many years i thought that the misunderstandings were given to me you know and that and i just realized that there were my own misunderstandings of my time in 12 steps and my time in um you know and other things trying to um find a way of feeling better i guess you know having stopped using drugs and alcohol for for a long period of time and and still struggling i guess so so i'd love to hear like i don't know where to jump off but where you want to start with that well would it help if i just sort of briefly set the scene um yeah because obviously yeah. <laughs> um, i am talking about recovery and in my case recovery primarily from um alcoholism and yeah. um which have you know i i got sober over 30 years ago now when i was in my 20s and um and I, I, you know, it was only really in the last few months of my drinking that I knew I had a drinking problem or even, I didn't even know it. I suspected it. You know, I, 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 yeah, it obviously spanned a much longer period. Hmm. And, um, I did that thing that a lot of people, what happens to a lot of people that I now know, um, about, you know, is I had just had a, a, a moment of clarity, a moment of insight when I really hit rock bottom, you know, my rock bottom, um, where I was just tripping around town drunk, um, out drunk, out of control. You know, I bought supposed to be a beautiful, sophisticated day, a lunch with friends, a bit of Christmas shopping and a very smart party at night in a place with a pool, you know, just ended up with an absolute drunken meltdown. And I caught sight of myself in a shop window as I tripped home and hated what I'd become really hated mm. what I'd become and in that moment you know and it's only with the benefit of hindsight but it was in that moment everything shifted you know I, I, I became ready to do whatever it took I wanted my life to get better I, I, I had no doubt that there was something far wrong with you know what was going on with me and that drinking had a part in it and I was willing to do whatever it took to get sober and you know, these were not like decisions, they were sort of happenings that happened to me, if you like. Um, and as it happened, I did get sober then, and I, I knew a bit about AA, uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program, and my sense was I needed help, and I contacted that the next day, and um, I haven't had to drink since then. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the the subject, because I think I, I 
like, and I loved what you said because I had that exact insight this afternoon before I got on the call. I also thought that I, that people gave me, you know, faulty information. People fed me misunderstandings. <laughs> so I'm not taking responsibility. And maybe some people did, but it's yeah. really what I picked up. It's interesting. It's the bit that I latched on to. Um, or that, you know, quite a number of, and, and you know, and maybe if I kind of hone it down to two or three, um, you know, significant ones, mm. um, you know, I can see how I, over the first half of my recovery, made life very much harder for myself, innocently, but much harder for myself than it needed to be. Yeah. Um, and and I, I was just, I often think right back at the beginning there was a bunch of guys in the you know in the, I I got so by going to a meetings some people do it you know through NHS things through treatment centres all sorts of different ways but church things but um, that was my route or or in fact I don't the truth is I'd actually already had that moment of shift before I'd even been to the the, the first meeting but um, it certainly supported me and my emotions were all over the map that early on really all over the map. But it was it was quickly a hugely beneficial thing. I mean, hugely, you know. Um, but and early on, I noticed there were a bunch of guys, and they were mainly tradesmen, and they were like just really happy, you know. They 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 had had <laughs> kind of their own adventures with drink for, and they'd all been sober at least ten years at this stage, and they they would all get dressed up to go to the meeting on a Friday night, and um, and then afterwards they'd go out for coffee to some smart hotel, and and. You know, they weren't particularly bothered about steps and inventories and, um, you know, they just they just really took life as it came. And mm. I heard all this stuff about, you know, doing the steps. And, and it seemed to me that, that, that these guys were on <laughs> recovery light and that the, the steps were where it was at. So there's an example of me making a choice. You know, not, I mean, I didn't know that um, it was their own choice as, as I now see it. But I, I think those guys had something. Mm. and that the you know i i made the decision to almost make it as complicated as possible <laughs> um and, and and i'm not you know knocking the steps per se but i think that there's something about the more you're trying hard um the, the chances are the more you're getting in your own way that the that what's on offer both in recovery and really for every single human being is the possibility of just opening up to you know that the inner self which is you know spacious and relaxed and um, a wonderful place to be um but i didn't know that i thought you had to get as hard as possible so that was one of mine and, and i don't I, i'm just conscious jason i don't want to talk for hours or whether there's something please come in or yeah, make yeah, comments no, or good, carry on, yeah, yeah. um so I, you know, I really, I, 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 you know, I kind of got busy with all, with all that. Um, and I think, you know, it was coming from the best of motives, but it was just that thing of thinking I had to fix myself. And I suppose even underlying that, that I, I, I had, I had taken on a belief, I had innocently taken on a belief that I'm broken. You know, it seems to me today that there's a difference between an acknowledgement that I can't use this substance in safety. And that's, you know, no different in many ways than, you know, someone who's got a nut allergy or, um, 
you know, that, that kind of thing. There's an acknowledgement, but it doesn't imply a greater brokenness. But I, I, I took on the idea that I am, um, you know, that I am emotionally, spiritually <laughs> broken. And it's my job to do a lot of hard work. And, if, and the best I can hope for is to be nearly normal. Um, and, and today that just seems you know, mad. I, I, I still feel that for me, I, I, my sense is I can't drink in safety. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm abstinent. That's fine. And I, I equally with cigarettes, I stopped smoking a year late, later, but I don't anymore believe that I'm, you know, I'm a broken person or a, a damaged person. And, and that's not denial of the, you know, the craziness that occurred in my life when I was drinking, but I, I, I it's just, a, um, if it seems to me that it's inevitable that you'll have craziness in, in your life if you're chasing a substance or a thing or money or a relationships or anything outside yourself in order to feel better hmm. because ultimately no substance or thing or money or relationship can can give you the inner peace that's already there but <laughs> because you're looking there you're, you're attributing every um feeling of, of that you know every moment that you're not at peace to lack of my drug of choice or my behavior of choice and and and, and that you know that that seems to be a dynamic that speeds up and speeds up and you know um you know can take people down some very um dodgy rabbit holes <laughs> that's how yeah. i see it I, I love i love you know it really struck me when you said um you know, I took on the belief that I was broken and, and that I had to fix myself, you know, and, and I, it just made me reflect, you know, and, and it's weird, isn't it? Cause it's like, it says in step in the steps, you know, that like, that's not our responsibility, basically, you know, if you take the words, I mean, it's quite, it's quite obviously written in there, you know, in, in step three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over. I mean, I, I guess my interpretation of what that's implying is it's not your responsibility, you know, that you don't have to do this. But like, I, I too, you know, I had that belief that, um, that I was broken and that I had to fix it, you know, and I, I was on that crusade, you know, for all those years, you know, not, um 25 years this year for me and and um you know until i discovered this understanding you know i was constantly in that crusade or you know what other people might call a seeker you know like searching for something trying to find a way to fix myself but i i also thought the steps had failed me you know that like you know that that just didn't work or maybe I'd got it wrong or I'd missed something or I couldn't find the right sponsor or it just didn't work for me because, um, you know, what I knew was that my experience of life wasn't that peaceful. You know, it was, it was, it was there was still quite a lot of suffering for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well me too. And, and, um, I mean, much later when I discovered the, the, the work that we're now both involved in the three principles paradigm very early on, somebody introduced me to the idea that you, you know that um and it's not even strictly three principles but that all human beings go up and down and up and down and up and down and i, again, I thought god yes that's it <laughs> and I, I, until that moment i had been you know characterizing every low mood as being broken or evidence of my sickness you know sometimes that word sickness is used as a real pejorative in recovery circles and it's just not it's like everything else in nature 
we go up and down, you know, and, and um, uh, uh, the, you know, this variability, that is the norm. Um, that was huge for me, really huge. But because until that point, which was about 10 years ago, until that point, I didn't know that. So every time I had a low mood, I took that as evidence of some things I miss. You know, this is feeding into my number one misunderstanding, which is I am broken. And then I was, so I felt I would have to add in something else to my daily routine. You know, so I'd, um, you know, I'd have my med, the meditation I was supposed to do, which, you know, went flew off as soon as I had kids. I just didn't have time for two times 20 minutes meditation and a job. Um, and, um, but, you know, so, so, so then there would be guilt about the, not doing the meditation. So sometimes doing meditation. And then I would have my morning pages and my, um, my reflective walk and my you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, because the contentment is... I mean, these can all be good things and, and there's nothing wrong with them. But as soon as they become something that has to be done in order to get peace of mind, you're, you know, barking up their own tree because it's not where it lies. It's, it's within and, um, and it's the wrong come from. Whereas if I, so today, sometimes I meditate. Sometimes it just feels like that's what I really want to do or I'm not sleeping very well. I just like to meditate. But, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm no longer doing it in order to, discover peace of mind you know I, I get that whether or not I'm experiencing that in any one moment it's an inside job it's truly an inside job people well I guess what I'm asking is that seems to me that one of the beliefs that's perpetuated through the fellowships that as if there's something wrong with you because I the, the situation that came to mind was I remember saying to somebody you know, oh, I was feeling bad and I'd been struggling on something for a couple of days. And they were like, the first thing they said was, have, you know, have you made all your amends? Have you done step <laughs> four? And it's almost like there's a, there's a faltering in the work that you're doing or you haven't, you must have missed something in the process because you're having a struggle, you know? And it's like, and I think that's one of the, you know, common thing common misunderstandings that's passed around you know and and, yeah. on a, and and probably because everyone has or not everyone but most people have the same misunderstanding that yeah. it's not part of life you know that if you feel down then you must be missing something in your program you know and it's like and if you feel good then you must be working it right you know yeah 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 exactly and I, you, do you know what i don't think it's actually restricted to recovery i mean i'm thinking after i had my children yeah I, when i was sober you know the, the the health visitor came around and and i mean those the, those early weeks after each of my children were born were, were i mean they were just bliss you know really bliss um happy, two of the happiest periods of my life but they were also, there were also times where you weren't sleeping, obviously, you know, you'd be up for a night feed, but maybe not getting back to sleep or whatever, and tiredness and the times of emotion as well. And, and she had this questionnaire, and I, you know, I can't remember the details of it, but essentially, um, I was almost being diagnosed as having postnatal depression. Now, I knew I did not have postnatal depression. I knew then, I know now, but it was so slanted to that because it was questions like, you know, have you been tearful for no reason? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I wanted to say, well, I had a baby, <laughs> but you know, you know, it's, and I think we live in, I mean, I worked in the field, I was a lawyer um, until about seven years ago. And I worked in the field of assessment of uh, incapacity and disability and various things. And um, it just struck me that people were, you know, often the, there was this thing of pathologizing the normal, like people who were just having normal variability were being diagnosed as having an illness. Now, I'm not saying that depression doesn't exist, anxiety doesn't, 
exist psychosis doesn't i'm not saying any of those things but i'm what i am saying is that some of those people who are i mean something one in seven scots is on an antidepressant and and we're, we kind of blame circumstances, which frankly, <laughs> we've, never been, we've never been more materially well off. So it doesn't add up. You know, there's something about that that doesn't add up, but nobody really questions that. However, to come back to recovery, you know, this idea that anything other than serenity is sickness or you're, you're um, a dry drunk, or all the, there are all these terms for it. And, 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 and because people, you know, are genuinely and with humility wanting to stay sober they get very motivated to try and shift their feeling all the time which to to me you know in my life today speaking for myself is kind of the worst thing you can do it's like the one thing you can almost do to guarantee you know, staying you know caught up in your your, your thinking is to you know to try and take on responsibility to change it manually yeah um yeah, I think that like it's just it's like I said, it just seems to be one person with a, that that misunderstanding passing it on to another, on to another. And I guess when yeah. people come at first, they're really vulnerable, you know. So it's yeah. kind of like I know, I know for me, I had a real sense of, um, you know, I had a lifetime of separation from everything, from people, from my family, you know, and uh, and, and you know, a life of being alone, I guess. So belonging to you know fitting in with a group of people was really important to me you know when I first mm -hmm. went to meetings so if someone said to me oh this is what you need to believe then I would have I would have bought it for sure mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, I, I think for me the biggest misunderstanding was just that that one and and but but it, what the, the insight I had this afternoon was it wasn't anybody's fault because there could have been other people saying what I'm saying today and I wouldn't have heard it yeah. You know, recently I've been um, supporting someone who's in the process of getting sober and, um, and um, you know, she's, um, and, and I mean, we're, you know, it's, I, I see her occasionally, I'm not like her sponsor or anything like that, but, you know, she was asking me, she was going to get a sponsor and she said, you know, I'm thinking of this person and what do you think? And I think, you know, I'm thinking, how can you not see that person is literally psychotic? I mean, you know, I don't mean, I'm not using that in a, in a you know, inappropriate pejorative way. That person is psychotic. <laughs> They're frequently hospitalized and the things they say are bizarre. I mean, how could this person who is newly sober, but intel and, you know, and intelligent, not, not notice that. And I think we don't, it's very, you know, our perceptions can be skewed. Well, you know, mine, speak again for myself, mine certainly were. Um, but I think I, I certainly didn't hear people saying one of the, the phrases that helped me enormously when I un discovered the principles, which is just that you are not broken. It's mm. not denial. It's not pretending that the past didn't happen, but at your essence, there is a part of you that's not up for grabs that, you know, there's a, it's unbroken and unbreakable. And that was, I mean, I, when I heard that, you know, it's yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it just removed so much baggage and trying and efforting and seeking. Well, I'd love to hear about like, what if you could like contrast, you know, like what you've just talked about, how your recovery was when you was, you know, in and out of those misunderstandings versus when you found this understanding, you know, how did it look different? Yeah. 
I mean, it was a, a huge, and I also, I do want to acknowledge that just simply being sober and carrying around all my misunderstandings was a hell of a lot better than what yeah. happened before. You know, it saved my life. It enabled me to have my children and bring them up, you know, successfully and all of those things. Um, but I think there was just a, a lack of self-acceptance, a sense that I was just always striving, that there was always something wrong and I couldn't quite, I could never quite get to the end of it. And I got into that whole thing of, um, you know, therapy and counselling and God knows how many things I, you know, I, I, I did. And, you know, there was a sort of a lie that lives in that world, which is that the only way out is through. And to me, it's a lie because a lot, a lot of my friends did as well. And what I noticed was that nobody ever got through. It was, you know, when you got into that world of the belief that today's distress is caused by things that happened to me in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the inquiry is endless and it can be very, very interesting and compelling. You know, it can be, there's a lot of information. You could talk about that stuff forever, you know. Um, and I have seen people do that. But what I've noticed is it, it, it does not, and it has not in my experience, and, it, you know, which it, um, that does not lead to sort of happy, contented, free people. You know, that the, shortly before I... Um, discovered the principles I spent time with a friend um who was even more committed to that whole um therapy world than I was and I think he had about six different you know therapists psychiatrists I mean it was practically a full-time job and 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 his life was more sort of dysfunctional than ever in many ways you, you know he wasn't drinking but you know all of that was going on um so all of that for me just stopped. There was, I suddenly saw that, that my, my past was utterly irrelevant to um, how I'm feeling today. So, I mean, that was a huge, you know, the part-time gig just went, you know, so, so freedom, it just no longer looked relevant at all. Um, and I saw that, the, that whatever might have happened to me in each moment that there's potential to be in that peace of mind and, in serenity if you like and and every time i'm not and um is is because of the thoughts that are running through me um which may or may not be pleasant but it's it's not i don't i, I don't need to try and take a, a magnifying glass to the past to change that. it's going to change anyway it's going to, and it doesn't mean anything you know it's no more important than having a nightmare um so the biggest change was just freedom you know just i'm i'm I was talking to somebody else recently who's in recovery a long time and, and, and he, uh, you know, just about this work. And I think that the truth is, since I ran into it, it's actually about nine years ago, I've just had, you know, I've had a decade of consistent happiness, consistent peace of mind. And, and what I mean by that, obviously, is not the flat line, but, you know, just the variability, but being comfortable in the variability. And it's also, it's not the case that life has missed me in that time. You know, lots has happened, bereavements, all sorts of life changes. Um, you know, really, um, <laughs> two occasions where I thought I might be dying. <laughs> um, and, you know, so it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's freedom. Is it? It, 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 I have finally found the thing that I was looking for. You know, the, the, and the, ser the searching, and I kind of knew the, ser the searching had stopped really early on um, in that kind of first weekend that I stumbled into. I thought I was at something else. And um, 
I couldn't particularly articulate it in a way that other people could understand. Frankly, I don't think I fully understood it myself, but I knew, I did know, there's something in this three principles thing that is right for me. It's the answer for me. And I'm going to be in this, I'm going to be exploring this for the rest of my life. And, and that's kind of subtly, you know, it's exploring in a very gentle way. It's open to conversations such as this, but I'm not, I'm not striving, you know, if, if um, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. It's just enjoying the conversation as opposed to trying to fix myself. Yeah. You, you reminded me of um, the, the very first um, ex exposure, I guess, I had to this. I remember on the way home emailing my therapist of, of many years saying, I'm going to make our last appointment. And, and like, I trained as a therapist, so I spent a long time in that world as well, you know, delving into the past and, you know, like four, four years, a master's degree, you know, and like consistently delving into the past where my anxiety got worse i couldn't get on a plane without medication my depression got worse i was in a seriously dark place all the time while doing this training whereas it, you know it was before that i'd been in recovery but i hadn't had the same type of depression and anxiety that i had while i was doing the psychotherapy training but it wasn't it was like oh it's just something you've got to go through you know when you desensitize yourself to the past then you'll be okay and um, I remember being on my way home and it's like I made that email saying, oh, I'm going to make our, our last appointment. And there was this big thing about having endings in therapy. You know, you've got to arrange a proper ending. You've got to give a proper amount of time. You've got to give a few sessions in order to wind down the relationship and have closure and all that, you know, because it's very much like a, a symbiotic type relationship, you know, where you're in a process together and so on. And one takes on the, you know, what of a parental role and one takes on a childlike role, you know, and all that. And it was like, and I made this email and I came and I said, oh, is it all right that, you know, this is the end? And she was like, well, it's not very much notice, you know. And I just said, well, I, I just don't need therapy anymore. You know, I don't want to look at the past. It's like, I realized that it's just completely irrelevant, you know, and it's like, it's got nothing to do with the present. And like, you know, and I, I just realized that I'd spent five years training as a therapist and probably seven or eight years in therapy, you know, spending money. I also realized in, on that, on that trip home that I, I think I was probably qualified a couple of years. So I did five years in training and then, I'd, you know, I'd been qualified a couple of years and I realized that that was down the toilet, the whole thing, you know, it was kind of like, <laughs> I thought I can never sit with someone and ask them about the relationship with their mom or what happened to them as a child, you know, like, I, as a way of like saying that there's something something happened that was wrong and by talking about it it can make it better you know so i i had that realization you know in in the moment i had that realization it was just kind mm. of like and and my first thought was typical of me because i had so many financial insecurities was oh my god i've spent all that money and it was completely <laughs> worthless you know? hilarious yeah yeah i had something similar of i mean it wasn't my full-time gig but it was i i had trained in various um with you know modalities nlp hypnotherapy and all of that mm. sort of thing and i just thought god my thought was it's back to the drawing board <laughs> but it isn't quite and it's a different thing i'm you know because it's very much um about another another um misunderstanding or, or something I got clear about after I came across the, the, the principles was um, as a kind of another phrase that's used in, in, in 
recovery circles, which I never really bought into, which is, you know, my head's a dangerous neighborhood and I shouldn't go there alone. And, mm. and, and I always knew, I thought, oh, bollocks, you know, there's times when I'm really, I love going for, literally going for a walk, say, and, and just, you know, I, was, I, I knew that place of being in flow and a walk and ideas just coming and then noticing what's around you. And then I, you know, just, it's, so I knew that wasn't the whole truth. But what I was doing for, me, for certainly the first half of my recovery was I was kind of running through everything through a mental filter of, is it sober? You know, and, and it just makes you subtly not authentic. <laughs> it's like constantly second guessing, judging yourself. It's, it's somewhat, everything's somewhat rehearsed. I mean, that's not quite the right word, I can't, but I don't know if you know what I mean, but I did have an insight, a deep insight, even before I came across the three principles of you've got to start listening to yourself or you're never going to have any quality of life. And I, and I sort of knew what that meant. I knew it was like my inner voice is, is, is the authority. You know, my, I, I, can, I can trust my inner voice. Um, and, um, and it doesn't always come in terms of a voice, you know, sometimes a feeling, but I knew that there's a big difference between that and, you know, thinking, let's have a fag, <laughs> let's go out for a, you know, let, let's go out for a gin and tonic. You know, it's not, you know, it's not, that there, there's something very settled down about that. And I think that um, one of the things that the principles point to is that we, each of us has access to everything that we need within us. All, you know, you know the, the, the entire wisdom, the entire system that we need right now without any further learning, if we are just willing to, you know, open up and listen to it. I think that's lovely, you know, that, that, that it's not about someone else sorting you out or <laughs> telling you what, you know, holding, holding up a mirror to you or telling you where you're going wrong. Um, and, um, I had, it was lovely to drop any sense of that, that I, you know, I, 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 um, you know, that I, I needed to, you know, eliminate my faulty thinking because and I'm not suggesting that I can't have moments of, of being caught up in my thinking or blaming other people or, uh, because of, of course I can, but there's a, a, there's a, there's a deeper sense of me that, that, um, knows that I'll come back to being okay with, with whatever. And um, that's a very reassuring thing. It's a very settling thing. And it's very helpful in relationships. I was away with my kids at the weekend and um, they treated me to a, a night in a shepherd's hut. It was a wonderful, it was a fabulous place. <coughs> but on the road, of course, we got lost. And then there's, you know, the fight about, uh, and we're all shouting at each other. But what is, you know, I mean, what I love about that is there's just, you know, I mean, that, that, you know, it doesn't indicate that we're all bonkers or sick or need to speak to our sponsors. <laughs> we just had her out and then we're all fine again, you know, because we, we know, and, and this is a lovely thing that I think I've been able to pass on to my kids that only the love is real. Only the love is real. The other stuff is, is there and it happens, but it's, it, it's not, it's not, it's not what our relationship is about. And it, and wider than that, um, I used to think that, you know, there's things that can be said or things that can be done that can be never, never be unsaid or undone. And, you know, you could be the, any, the eye or other people could be damaged by um, words or actions. And, and, and it's back to that thing that, no, actually you can't. And, and, and you know, if you have that understanding, then um, 
you know, nothing from the past has power over you. Nothing that, in, that people have said or done. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that, I, you know, that there isn't room for sort of, um, <laughs> you know, people, you know, a legal system and all of that stuff. I'm not saying that, but it's at, a, at a, an essential level. Um, in each moment, in this moment, you and I and anybody listening to this is free. Uh, you know, and he's saying we are not, we are free and undamaged, irrespective of what's happened in our past or what's been done to us or what we've done. You know, it's and, and that's a lovely, lovely thing. Yeah, I've I've got a question. I was I was wondering, like, like what you're talking about is is similar to how I see it, and and like for anyone who's um you know in a recovery group do you i'm wondering what you think about this because i i don't actually know the answer it's kind of like do you think the limitation or the potential of insight or seeing something different it lies within the understanding of the group i mean if you never go outside of that circle you know it's kind of like then then you know i guess insight can come at any time yeah you can see mm-hmm. anything but if you don't seek anything further if if you're struggling or suffering you know like in your reality, you know, and you attend meetings, 12-step meetings, and you're with mostly the same group of people who say the same thing, you know, week in, week out, um, and uh, along with some new people. Is there still potential for an insight to see to see that stuff, what you talked about, to see that we're never broken and that we're always okay and that there's a place in us that, that isn't our moods, our feelings, our thinking, that we don't need to do more step work in order to be okay, you know, that we are always okay? Oh, it's it's my experience that there is, and and um, and and I, today, if I go to a meeting, and and you know, I I mean, the whole idea that I need to go, it, it doesn't add up for me anymore. But I do go sometimes because it is just a bit like having this conversation. It's the most interesting, and sometimes like the most deep place that I can go you know it's a nice thing for me to do <laughs> Sally B's going to some social thing in a pub you know for me you know but um yeah. and and what where I've come to because initially I think I tried to pass on and share some of what I'd seen and it wasn't helpful you know really and and I and I um and today I st- I still sort of do that but it's more um I'm I'm quite um thoughtful about what I share you know so I I, I certainly don't start by <laughs> well, I never do the steps <laughs> um, or I hardly ever go to a meeting you know I don't start there because I know that's going to get someone's back up why would I be doing that you know I mean if someone asks me I'll tell them and I'm I'm sharing it here but I'm you know it, I, but what I do you know somebody asked me to share a meeting about 10 days ago and I am um, and I just and I did I spoke about the unbrokenness and every single person in that room responded to it. and I spoke about variability and insight and a theme kind of developed about yeah we never know what's um what's in our best interests and bad things can happen and a guy said a really great thing she said we're mostly we're, most of us are here because of our worst day and um you know and that you know i had a <laughs> yes you know that's a penny drop moment so yeah i do think that's uh, is, uh, people are in touch people the, the truth packs a punch you know i really think that and you know i see that as part of my job this is my if my job in return for sobriety was to give back um then that that's what how i see it and i so i always say yes if anybody asks me to do anything and and i try to share 
com- you know, with complete honesty and authenticity, not, you know, not um, changing the message, but, but share what I know will, is helpful, um, you know, what is likely to be helpful. And when I, I often speak about the inner voice, you know, that, because it's not that, in fact, that was always true for me. And mostly, again, people really respond to that. Only once did I have someone say, well, if I listened to my own inner voice, I'd be drunk, you know, and, I, you know, and even then, I, well, that's not what I'm talking about, you know, but um, yeah, so I, I, I do think people have that capacity and, and I think it helps, you know, you and I have been sober a long time. I think, you know, that um, it doesn't matter in terms of the quality of our life in this moment, but it has a, has a currency and and you know why not use it for good um yeah that's my thought you know that that um um but i am care you know i am pretty careful unless somebody's asking me or having a conversation with me um i don't you know i don't sort of diss what they're doing and um you know i just try you know try and find something that's that i think will be positive and helpful well as it comes out you know yeah would, would you say um I mean, I'm asking questions. I've got answers to them myself, but I'm curious for this podcast, you know, it's kind of like what you'd see, but like, would you say that like higher power and wisdom are, are pretty much pointing to the same thing as the steps explain it versus what you understand as wisdom? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, um, I, I, I think that all addiction is, almost looking in the wrong direction, you know, it's a sort of lack of awareness of the divine in our life and, and looking in the wrong direction. Um, and, and, um, and I think this, it seems to me that the steps were Bill Wilson's best attempt to kind of um, reverse engineer what had happened to him, but it, they weren't even accurate in terms of what had happened to him because he had a spontaneous kind of white light moment. But, and, and it's, and it's not that there there isn't wisdom in the steps. It seems to me that you know they were, um, but I think in the early days, as I understand it, the steps were done in the first afternoon. You know, so, like the next, the first day of, and and then it was kind of like yeah, that's the past, and 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 you know, a is supposed to be a brand, a, a bridge to um, normal living, and but I think that that is something that has changed, and I I think also more and more psychology has crept into a and 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 you know sometimes it's that's on I, I think the more sort of psychological you get and the more sort of freudian we get looking at the past and so on then the less effective it is um but that's not that was never the really the the um the original message yeah I've just written an article and, you know, and looking at all that stuff, looked at um, Bill Wilson's spiritual experience and, um, you know, a few other people's, Eckhart Tolle's um, account of his experience and, and Sid Banks' experience. And they're all just very similar, you know, and it's like, you know, like you can see that like you said, you know, Bill Wilson just did his best to try and try and pass something on, you know, to other people. Then I think over time, um, you know obviously pharmaceuticals and money got involved in treatment Mm. and so on for addiction and then it looks like but it seems to me that aa and na had a completely different um bill wilson in one of the speeches that he did in 1961 i think it was said that um we we don't see um addiction as a disease um it's not a disease it's not like heart 
um, trouble. It's like you can't identify it as that. But then I looked back in the history of the very first piece of NA literature, you know, downloaded it, and it's riddled with, you know, saying that it's a disease, it's incurable, and the only way of getting out of it is to work the steps, you know. So it's it's almost like the um, the, the beliefs or, you know, about what addiction is kind of grew and, you know, with it maybe with the you know, the fact that it had been monetized in some way, you know, throughout when the um, the NA Fellowship developed, I think in 56, I think it was, probably about 20 years after Bill Wilson's experience. Um, and, it, and, and from there, it's almost like no one ever challenged that, you know, it just became, yeah. you know, a, a common misconception or a fact, you know, that um, addiction is a for incurable fatal disease, you know, and it's like once you've got it, that's it, you're riddled with it for life. I mean, you know, I, for me, it was like, I, I can't, I can't say I'm an addict now. I just can't say it. I can't say those words because it's kind of like, I know it's not true for me. You know, I just know that there's no disease and it, and I don't have it. You know, it's kind of like, but, but I also, in my article, you know, I just wrote the fact that it's been such a useful concept, you know, that it say it saved my life, you know, believing in that concept. I mean, like you said before, it was, it was much better than, than my using, you know, I mean, I spent most of my time going to jail and coming out of jail and, and doing crazy things, you know, and, and, and living in homeless hostels. So my life wasn't so great. And, and yeah, I acquired a lot and things got a lot better, but um, it wasn't until I found this understanding that I had that experience, like, like you said, you know, um, where I'd searched and searched and searched and searched for my whole recovery and to the point where I just knew there was, that was it. I'd found what I was looking for and there was nothing else to search for, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, like you, I think that the disease concept and, and I, and I it has its uses and, um, and I think, you know, I agree. It was, it was also, and it was all, all I know that sometimes it was referred to as a, as a disease metaphor, you know, um, in, in, you know, um, when you're referring back to the 60s by Bill Wilson and it was certainly a step forward from you know sort of uh, you know sort of um people who were kind of um you know <laughs> sort of morally bankrupt and you know and um and, and which was you know not just well everywhere you know and, and you still see that in in literature and and, and film and so you know the, the the sort of um the the, the figure of the drunk so it, I mean it was a step forward and 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 um, certainly had its uses, but I think it, 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 you know it's that thing that can be um, if it's if it's taken too far becomes you know becomes um, its own um, its own problem, and it certainly did for me. Um, and because if you if you if you believe that's the case, then you whatever what the believer believes, the prover proves. You know, that. Um, and I you know I don't I I, I mean I. Personally, I, um, I don't have any issue if I go to a meeting about saying oh, I'm an alcoholic. You know, it just it's, it's, it doesn't bother me. It's not how I think of myself in um, real life. You know, I'm not. It doesn't really feature, except when we're doing something like like this, or you know, or working in, in in some kind of working situation. But it doesn't. You know, again, it's not something that um, have any big thinking about and 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 i do have the sayings just as i have the sayings with cigarettes <laughs> don't best stay you know the, the, don't start and um you know just just stay abstinent you, you know the, the the insight i got the gift i got when i got in in that moment of insight that moment of shift that um moment of despair was 
the capacity to stay off it. I didn't get, what I wanted was to be able to drink moderately. <laughs> I didn't get that, you know, and it's like, well, that, you know, so be grateful for that, you know, it's just, it isn't, and, and it's really um, the life I've had, even, in, you know, with all the confusion, misunderstandings, but particularly the last 10 years has been phenomenal, you know, really phenomenal. And today I'm just, you know, I'm, mostly really content within my own skin and, and living a very sort of fulfilling and, and useful and, and connected life and um you know i'm very grateful for that you know because it certainly wasn't always that way <laughs> yeah yeah i i think like you know on a, on a good note you know that there's um there's there's many misunderstandings. There's there's so much more on offer, you know, for for people that are that are going to meetings and still struggling, you know. And that and on a good note, you know, there's there's also so much great stuff that happens, you know, in recovery. You know, like like you said, the disease concept has its uses. You know, recovery uh, meets its twelve step meetings are unrivaled. You know, like in any type of support network, you know, in any way. And 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 I'm sure there's like thousands if not millions of people around the world that have that lives have been saved through that through that mm -hmm. process you know i just you know i guess for me i just feel passionate about kind of like like you the things that you talked about those misunderstandings that you know that when something's wrong it's not a it's not a case that you've missed something you know it's not mm -hmm. a, it's not a faltering in your program or you don't need to do more step work or do more meditation or or pray more or get on your knees instead of sit down, you know, yeah. to pray, yeah. you know, all, all the things yeah. that you hear about when someone says they're struggling, you know, oh, you need to do it this way. You need to do it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like just all people's personal beliefs and, um, you know, and that there's, that there's something available beyond that, you know, that there's a freedom, you know, a, a peace of mind, a sense of contentment, you know, within all of us, you know, that when, when we get past the, you know, I guess what Sid would call the contamination of our personal thinking, you know, and it was like, that was for me what I woke up to, you know, while my years in, in the fellowship um, served me in a great way and, and, and I saw so many miracles and I had so many great times and met so many great people, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I love the sense of peace that I have today and the contentment that I have from this understanding and, and that knowing, like, like you talked about with your kids, you know, I had to laugh because it's often like that in my house, you know, one minute I'll shout and then we'll just look at each other and just laugh, you know, and carry on and just think, oh yeah, you know, it's like, it's never a sense that, oh, things are doomed or there's something wrong with my children or they need to be sent to a therapist or this, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to grow up with a, with a diagnosis you know or something like that it's kind of like life's just pretty good you know with with uh, it, life's a roller coaster right I mean it's just like that I mean it is I'm riding the roller coaster most days you know and it's kind of like and I come back to this conversation and, I, and it's just like uh, resting in that that place inside me that's always okay you know I just come back to it and just remember ah, oh, yeah you know it's kind of like everything's okay you know I may have got caught up in my thinking for a little while but um you know things are good and um you know, that's why I just love people to see a little, you know, that there's potential for, for more, you know, that there's always potential for that freedom and that, and yeah. that, um, I guess yeah. like, I guess, I guess like, you know, what, what to me, you know, I'm only talking from my own perspective. It's very easy for me to say, it looks like 
you know, this is the boundaries or the limitations of the fellowship, but they were what looked like the boundaries and limitations to me. They're not necessarily the boundaries and limitations of the fellowship, but what looked like the limitations were a life of, like you said, of striving, you know, it's kind of like that, that's what it looked like to me. Now I didn't leave the fellowship, you know, it's kind of like, it just didn't make sense to me to go so often anymore, you know, after I found this understanding and I, and I would still go, I mean, I went a couple of weeks ago, although I do struggle a bit if I'm honest when I go and, and one day I might have much less thinking about saying I, I'm an addict, but I just don't feel, I don't feel, it doesn't feel right to me at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it's been a great conversation. I've loved it. Mm, me too me yeah. too thank you for asking so, me so so if people want to um people want to get in touch with you you know what how do they find you what's your website and what are you up to um my website is called elements of net. i'm on facebook and along as with you <laughs> i'm involved in this recovery conference which is happening next may in minnesota um and i'm doing um a, a series of um webinars about addiction really to partly to support that but not partly because it's just an area of um big interest for me and you're about to be a guest shortly (laughs) so yeah so i've got lots i have a i also have a youtube channel with lots and lots of free webinars with lots of different um speakers some of whom are in addiction some of whom have nothing to do with addiction but are in the three principles world what's the name of your uh, facebook group and youtube channel my Facebook book, book, Facebook group is Three Principles Conversations, and anyone's very welcome to join that. And my YouTube channel is just my, my name, Christian McNeil. Okay, cool. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Loved it. Thank you. Thanks very much, Jason.